following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast with your host, EZD, Derek Jaws, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Stats, and Stats. I, as always, am EZD, Derek Joss, and I am here with my main man, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich. Straight off the lacrosse field, going straight to the lacrosse field. I'm not sure. He lives on lacrosse fields this time of year, but he is here with me today, and we are talking about the stuff. I like to say that I am just a pure athlete, because I'm also on the ice this time of year. And the football field. And the football field. Yeah, buddy. So, uh, yeah, the boys are the, the boys are getting after it. There's just uh, There's just a lot of dirt in my life this time of year. Yeah, a lot of lot of lot of diamond dust. Well, that or you know some rubber pellets, just in case. You're, yeah, sometimes you're, you're, you're on the tired turf. of getting dirty. You know, sometimes you're on the turf, not not where I play. I have nothing but grass around here. Oh yeah, well that's tough. You should get down to Depew. They got a nice little facility there. That's what I'm told. Uh, we we didn't make it down there. This and I gotta year, tell you, man, I drive past. Just this is real off topic, real quick. But I drive past that that turf complex at like. 8.30, and softball, varsity, and, and varsity baseball have games at the same time going on that field, and there's there's crowds around the outside. It's freaking sweet. Yeah, Lights are on. Yeah, you know the, what I mean? The, the night, like, night games it is, hit different. It's it just like it's a great little atmosphere over there. My uh, The team I play on all this all summer, shout out to the Erie Buffalo Baseball Club, uh, we play our home field at Sheridan Park, and we play under the lights every time we're there. Yeah. Night games nice. just hit different. Yeah. Like when I ran Team New Era, we were at Westwood under the lights all the time because I got to pick, so why wouldn't uh, you? And I was the I, I was also the guy responsible for turning the lights on and off, so I didn't have to worry. Oh, that. that's uh, too much power to give to one man. Uh, you know, it might have been, but uh, yeah, you know, night games are just different. I love it, um, and that complex over there is fantastic. But that's not what we're here to talk about. You want to talk about that stuff? You can come on the other show. Okay. Um, we are here. We're going to talk some NHL playoffs. It is coming down to the wire. We are two of the final four are set. Uh, the other two could be set as of tomorrow. Um, big news coming. First off, the NHL playoffs are blowing the NBA playoffs out of the water as they do every year. I agree. I think the NBA playoffs are the worst thing on TV. Half. The I time. mean, like even even look at the the Warriors dynasty versus LeBron. Nobody watched until the finals. You yeah. know what I mean? But everybody watches NHL playoffs because I mean, I mean, we can get right into it. Let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens. You know, we said that they we said maybe two and a half three weeks ago last time I was on here that they might be able to play spoiler, right? But Toronto looked good and probably had the horses to pull through. I mean, helped but didn't help that John Tavares kind of died. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, Mon- Montreal, they're 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 not to be slept on, and uh, Carey Price is earning that 10 mil contract. Carey which, Price in vintage Carey Price form. Right, but, I mean, this that's the other thing. Shortened season. And usually, when the the Montreal Canadiens will play him to sixty to sixty five games a year, that's that's just too much for him. Yeah. And then by the time if they make the playoffs, he's gassed. Right. Right. So shortened year definitely didn't have to play as much, and now he gets to gets to ride in the playoffs. You know what I mean? And uh, he's standing on his head. I mean, he won probably two of those games against Toronto, um, and then just shut down the Jets. I mean, the Canadians in general shut down the Jets, which was kind of crazy because like. We were saying the Jets, if they take out Edmonton, like they're probably walking they to the Final Four. They you know what I mean? Yeah. And then because they they swept them too, yeah. they looked and, real good, and then got swept. Yeah. Well, and that's by, that's by that's a, the old that's the old conversation. Is it better to 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 play five or six games, you know, and, right. and just stay consistently playing, or is it better to get that rest? 
yeah, I, as a player, I'm not a fan of the buy. Um, on paper, it looks great to be like, yeah, the they're only- they're going to be beat up. They're like more yeah. often than not, like. But you're in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like you're, you're, you're you come just back constantly and it, it, going. You know, it, if, the it, only, if it takes the, a game the or only two to shake sport it off, that you know? a buy actually works is the NFL. Oh, because God, yeah. it's more game planning chess like than Yeah, and your body actually gets a chance to heal. Yeah. You don't like yeah. I, I feel like a buy or like getting done early and then waiting for other series to finish, like the other team just gets to roll where you have to be like, Okay, my body started to heal and I'm still a little banged right. up though. So right. now I'm now I'm banged up. And well, and the other thing, like, I mean, coming off a seven-game series, sure, it could be a bloodbath, but also the confidence from winning that game seven, you're riding high. Oh, you, God. Nobody can, nobody can touch us. Coming we just in, won game seven. Coming in with that big diesel energy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Someone's got to. Uh, the Lightning, Ugh. four to one. Ugh. I, I, the I picked the Canes. I picked the Canes, the Canes. To, to get to the final, and uh, they let me down, but that's also because Tampa is – Freaking sweet. I mean, they're, they're, the NHL is clearly going to have to do something about the salary cap the way that they manipulated it this year because although Nikita Kucherov was hurt and needed surgery to get back, they stashed him on LTIR with a $10 million contract a year. They were over the cap in the regular season as well. And then once the playoffs hit, they brought him back up. So they added – they're now like $11 million over the cap in the playoffs. Like that shouldn't be – that shouldn't be happening. Yeah, that right? doesn't sound like that's okay. <clears throat> well, they got they lucked out because Stamkos was on LTIR before that. That's another ten million a, a, a year contract. So his contract was off the books for a while, and then they brought him back for the Stanley Cup final run last year. They're doing the same thing with Kucherov this year, and they're an absolute wagon. And the the fact is, Andre Vasilevsky, when he's in the zone, you, he's got three straight closeout series shutouts if that makes sense. So whenever Tampa has a shot to close out a series, that next game, Vasilevsky posts a shutout in the past three. That's impressive. So that it, it has not like it's not that it has nothing to do with the fact that Tampa's a wagon, but it's the fact that they're a wagon and their goalie when they when they're in a position to finish, their goalie's like, Yeah, nobody's touching us. They're not scoring. Right. Uh and one thing that has always rang true for playoff hockey as long as I've been alive and paying attention, hot goaltending yep. means everything yep. in the postseason. means absolutely everything. And no better team right now and no better goalie ever has probably proven that than playoff Mark andre Fleury. Because that man, the, the avalanche have been, sell, have been described on this show multiple times as, and I quote, a wagon. Correct. Like get in and I'm line, talking Oregon Trail wagon. Like get in line or get out the way, and Mark Andre Fleury goes, bet, dude. The flower is is bong. I mean, he's showing exactly why he was taken number one overall as a goalie. Yeah, like, I mean, people always doubt him throughout his career, and that's because he was taken so high. But the fact is, he's got what four cups. He won two of those where he was like the starting goalie and was was riding. And then with Vegas, he dragged him to a Stanley Cup final, and it looks like. He might do it again this year because, I mean, this is the series everybody was waiting for last year, right? Colorado right. versus Vegas. And Colorado lived up to the hype in the first two. And, well, the first one in a, one game in a period. And then since then, it's been Vegas. Well, and so you look at it. In game one, 7-1 to Avs win. And uh, Robin Lehner got perforated. Yeah. And I mean, I I will say this for the Golden Knights. I, I understood why they started Leonard there. Um, and it was because 
I mean, Flurry's what, 30, 36? Yeah. And he stood on his head in the first round, and they're like, okay, well, we need to give him one breather. Yeah, let, let, let the man take a break. Yeah. Uh, then they go down 2 nothing with a 3 2 loss the very, you know, the right. next game. But that in was overtime. Yeah, exactly. In overtime. So that exactly. was a tight one. And since then, the Avalanche haven't scored more than two goals in a game. The Golden Knights are proving that they are still defensively a top three to five team in the NHL. Uh, it's impressive. Because Colorado's offense is, whoo. You know, like Miko Rantanen had a 17-game point streak snapped in game three and has not scored in three, four, or five. Wow. So, like, he was lights out. He was a big part of why they were rolling because McKinnon's always rolling, McCarr's always rolling. But if Landy and, and Rantanen get hot and then you get any depth scoring, that's when Colorado's like, oh, shit, they're putting up seven goals in the playoffs. But as soon as Rantanen goes quiet because Vegas is keying on him, I'm assuming. Right. You know what I mean? Um it becomes the McKinnon show. And that's very similar to Sabres fans will understand this. Very similar to the Jack Eichel show. You can you can have a stud, right? A play driver who's going to get you all the chances in the world. But if he doesn't have any help, especially at this point of the season, mm-hmm. if he doesn't have any help because the other team's locking it down, it doesn't matter. Well, and more, more famously, this is the Alex Ovechkin conundrum. Early yeah. in his career, go ahead. Let him do everything. Because it was Nick Backstrom and Ovi on the same line, and Backstrom's not a play... Well, Backstrom is a play driver, but he's not a finisher like Ovi, so they had to play together. Yeah. That's why Chicago was always so nasty, right? Jonathan Taze was on the first line with Marion Hosa and then some rookie. That's always how they did it. Then Patty Kane would take the best pure goal scorer on the team on the other wing, and they'd throw a wild card center at it, and they'd have two lines that were freaking filthy. And then it got down to the wire in the playoffs, right? You're down a goal. There's two minutes left. All of a sudden, Kane hosts a taze on a line together, and they're scoring a goal. Right. So, like, that's where the depth comes in, and Colorado has the depth, but like we said, Rantanen goes cold after an unprecedented hot streak, and it could be game, set, match. And that's <laughs> that, that, unfortunately, is one of the things um, – yeah, I kind of equate this to pitching versus hitting in the postseason in baseball. Very similar. Uh, a hot pitcher is tough to is tough to cool off. Yeah, because they're just feeling it, they're grooving, and that's that's my man Flurry right now. He's grooving, right. he's well, feeling hey, it. That's I mean, in every this is this is going to kind of go a little off the the rails, but in every kind of we, we don't have rails here. Yeah, you that's know fair. that. In any kind of strategic game you play, the tie goes to the defender. Yeah, because that's how it works. It's the same in sports. Tie goes to the defender in a sense because the offense isn't winning. Yes. So in baseball, hot pitcher, and in hockey, hot goalie. Yeah. The defense, the defense gets the tie in terms of if they, if they're both rolling. You know what I mean? Then the defense kind of cancels it out and well, gets and, the win. And offensively, you know, you, you have that guy that's scoring a lot of goals or the guy that's swinging a swinging a hot bat. Right. And all of a sudden, one game or. Maybe it didn't feel right, and then the next game, another one, and all of a sudden, he's pressing. Right. Well, the other thing I'll say, too, is like in playoff baseball, to make the analogy, like what what good is two solo homers if nobody's on base when you're banging those through, nobody else on the team is hitting, and the other team gets three runs? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, like so it's you, very so you, nice you know, that you had two, that game. Two, two filthy goals unassisted, but nobody Th- else does anything. Matter. You lose three to yeah, two. It, oh, it, crap. Oh, okay. Well, guess what? The goalie slash pitcher was stopping everything else. Yeah. So. And that's yeah, I I love I love that comparison because, you know, just having the um you know just, You can have a guy take yeah, over. Yeah. And every, it's fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that's it, just it's, it. It's watching it's watching a, a a top professional athlete dominate at 
the highest stakes. Yes. And it's having a guy who, when he's feeling it, it just becomes second nature. It's right. Not, it's not something he's trying to do. It's just happening. Right. Um, you know, a pitcher that just everything that leaves his hand is unhittable. He's he's just missing barrels. And yeah. it's just, I'm feeling good about it. Let's go. Uh, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury currently stopping everything. Besides just, besides the the flub shot with one second left. That was hilarious. <laughs> but that, Ch- honestly. Change-ups are the toughest one. And, and, and I'm, I'm shocked that Vegas won that because, like, that was very miracle on ice. You know what I mean? End yeah. of the period, you have one of the best goalies in the world who's feeling it, and you just kind of chuck one on net. He's not ready, and it goes in, and it's like, oh boy! Like, shades, what do we shades got? Of, shades of the softest gold, uh, gold medal winning goal ever from Crosby against Miller. Soft? Come on, just a lazy wrister on the ice that beats a goalie five hole. Come on. Okay, well, I also saw a Stanley Cup winning goal from Patty Kane like that, so it's not exactly unprecedented. Uh, right, but that's what I'm comparing it to. Like, it's not this, oh my God. That's an all-time, out. those are two all-time moments that I really they're, can't blame the goalie they're on. They're all-time, like, it, they were soft. Eh. They were soft. Like, compared to compared to the saves made day-to-day, like, that's routine. That, that to me, is the hard ground ball at your shortstop through the wickets. That mm. I need that play. That's See, the one I need. I, I, dis- I'm, I I'm disagree o- I'm with okay that. with you missing the sliding, stacking pillows, throwing the gloves. I'm, like, that one I don't expect you to make. When you do, it's fantastic. So, but the one I want is the easy one. I, I get that. It's not the easy. It's not an easy one, first of all. And then the other thing I'll say, oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Yes, I win the argument. Moving on. Uh, Bruins so, Islanders. Bruins Islanders. Uh, the Islanders can put this away tonight, 7.30 p.m. Big fan of the Isles. Have been on the Isles train all season, mostly because of Matty Barzell. I just love watching that dude play hockey. And the fact that the Boston Bruins, who he's playing, had three straight picks in front of him and took not Matt Barzell. Oh, mwah, that's just fantastic stuff. So, I mean, I hope the Islanders put him away. But the Bruins, obviously, you know, they're scrappy as hell. And, yeah. Right. That's pretty much all I got for that one. I mean, that's a fun series, but it's that's it's such a toss-up. I want the Islanders to win it just because I don't like the Bruins. That's fair. And then uh, the series we were just talking about, the uh, the Avs and the, and the Golden Knights, uh, game six tomorrow at nine p.m. Uh, with Vegas at a three-two lead. There, who you got? Who you got taking? Is that going? Is that going to seven? I don't know. Um, I might take Vegas at home. Uh, Vegas, the T-Mobile Arena down there is is. I mean, they make it. Oh, it's an experience. Right, it's exactly. If, if, I mean, you, if you haven't, all right, if you're one of our 19,000-plus subscribers and you haven't, turn on the Golden Knights game tomorrow for the pregame. For the pregame yeah. And watch the it, – like, it's Vegas. Yeah, they like, go all Watch out. the show. But also the crowd's bumping, you know oh, what I mean? It. So, like, everybody's going bananas, and that's a so, tough like, place to play. Every, there's gold lights everywhere, you know what I mean? Like Celebrities banging the yeah. drum or whatever it is. And like, oh, it's great. the other thing is the Avs – let their uh, altitude advantage go last night. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was very clear that when playing in Colorado, Colorado had the better legs. Yes. Because, I mean, that's just the way it works. Um, and they they let Vegas steal one in Colorado, which really could not happen. Yeah, so you're... Because now you got to go to Vegas and steal one back and then get game seven at home. Right. Uh, this, this is tough, man. I... <sighs> Again, both of these series that are going long, like, these are terrific... Yeah, any 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 chance you get to watch either of these these games, turn it on. Well worth it. Yeah, that's going to be uh, that's definitely an exciting exciting pair of matchups there. And 
Good stuff. In other news, the uh, Toronto has announced, the Toronto Buffalo Blue Jays have announced that they are sticking around a little bit longer here in Buffalo. Yeah, because our fans are freaking sweet. Yeah. Uh, super excited about that. They've announced games through July, I believe, through the end of July, and uh, including ones against the Rangers, which hometown boy Jonah Heim will be in town then. To yeah, play. are you going to that one? Uh, I'm going to look into getting tickets. I believe they go on sale tomorrow. Gotcha. So I'm going to look in to see that. Um and go from there. Hopefully, I can get to a game or two. Although I think it's over a weekend, so I gotta you know check times and stuff and see if I can make that work. Uh, it'd be good to see one of my old boys back in Buffalo playing, taking some big league swings, and going from there. Yeah, I hope he hacks one right out of the park. Oh, that'd be that would be so cool. Yeah. And listen, if you're if you're not a Blue Jays fan, like I know that there were a lot of like, oh my god, the Yankees are in town. The Yankees are in town. This is a big Yankees town. It's a big big Yankees town, and. Uh, kind of shocks me to be honest. I figured that it would kind of be split between Toronto and Cleveland because they're more cl- local, but closer that we've been affiliated with. Yeah, both over but the years. honestly, the most people I know are either Yankees fans or they hate Yankees fans, so they're Red Sox fans. Yeah, that's Buffalo is very split that way, and yeah. I like it's. I was actually talking to a coworker about this over at the day camp I work at, and uh, he was telling me how like last year he was all about it he loves it but now he's he's sick of it because it's the cool thing to do like yeah. it's a cool thing to like oh well, i got I mean, tickets i got tickets i got tickets also like, like in in that buffalo split i just want to throw my my ring in the hat i was always like fuck both of you go mets so when the mets became kind of good the past uh in like 20 what 2016 2017 yeah i was riding high yeah it's uh it's definitely an interesting world to live in right now like seeing Toronto play here as a pseudo home site. Seeing, the stadium looks sweet. It does, and like seeing seeing like people, it like in droves going yeah. to see the blue the the Jays Yankees series, and then like ticket prices were three four hundred bucks. Like, yeah, holy it hell, was, it was hefty. Uh, and then to see to see the boys, see the Buffalo Bills getting in on it. You know the the Blue Jays tweet squish the fish, and when they beat yeah. the Marlins, and the boy, hey, you're getting the hang of this whole thing. Welcome to Bills Mafia. Hell <laughs> like, yeah, brother! Uh, gotta love that stuff. Gotta love good cross promotion. Good cross promotion does, it, is, it, it doesn't it get really, enough credit. Yeah, well, especially for the MLB, they need they need all the help they can get. And, and listen, them and them in the I know we've said it a lot, but them in the NHL, they need all the help they can get in promotions. Yeah, and, uh, I saw some new stuff coming up for the. Uh, for the NHL getting some new TV deals and stuff. Yep. Uh, so that could definitely be good. So I need to uh, bring this up real quick. Oh, boy. Just because I, I, I know you don't follow the Premier Lacrosse League. I'm a big lacrosse guy, obviously. Big lacrosse guy. We talked about it the uh, show. League started up last weekend, first first round of games. Um, but for people who like league drama, this story is for you. It came out the Sunday late game, Chrome, had not played all weekend, and they were missing one of their starting attackmen. And then it said there was an altercation between a Chrome player and a Chaos player at the hotel the night before. So everybody's like, oh, what the heck? Comes out, Matt Gaudette, who's a league villain. He's a top-tier trash talker, kind of Brad Marchand-esque, where he chirps, he plays on the edge, but he scores a lot of goals, uh, Was got into a fight with Austin Stotts. Um, and... Then a video came out where Austin Stotts bit the tip of the middle finger off of Matt Gaudet's finger. And I'm talking off. Bit it off, O-F-F, off, bit it the Correct. off. So now not only is, like, they're both suspended, but not only is Gaudet suspended, he's on the injured list, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, no shit, he's missing the tip of his finger. Jesus. But, yeah, that's electric. There was also a scrap in that game with Chrome, and, uh, yeah, PLL's fun to watch. Yeah. NBCSN on Saturday and Sunday. There's so, two games. So pro lacrosse is more. It's not like box lacrosse. It's not like the no, national. No, it's not lacrosse like league. NLL. Um, 
So you're not seeing the huge it's, crunches along the boards. No, it's, it's, but it's but more I, of a collegiate style of play, right? No, I would. It's the way that they've set it up. I really like. It is very much hockey and basketball had a baby. Okay. Um, because you get the behind the net like hockey. You get um, the arc like basketball. There's a shot clock like basketball. Um, and yeah, it's 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 pretty much like that. So so they've kind of taken the like that scholastic and collegiate style of play and basically put an outdoor version of the indoor game in a hybrid yes. sense to make it a yes. professional outdoor league. I mean, they, they, they shortened down the shot clock from former professional leagues and the college level, so it's very up-paced. They, they, short, they took 10 yards out of the middle of the field, so it's a shorter field than college, which really helps speed up the game. And, yeah, the two-point arc is... I mean, I very much enjoy it because not it's very like the NBA. You know what I mean? I, it it creates different possessions. The shot clock in general creates a set amount of possessions in a game, if you think about it like that. So you know that you're going to get yeah. you know, this well, amount it, of possessions on average, and then you can create more possessions from that and all that good stuff. Yeah, and, and like really, it, it, changes, it changes the dy- dynamic of tight games. You know, back in the day, right. you know, you got a two goal lead in a certain amount of time. Well, right. I win because I'm right. going to run it out, give it back. You can score, and then I'll run it out again. Right, like whatever. And I mean, like I was watching the game this past weekend, and it was eleven to five. But then somebody hit a two pointer, and all of a sudden it's eleven to seven, and it's like, oh, so now it's a two possession game. Right. And I wasn't thinking about it. That's a pretty big margin at, at you know eleven to five. That's seven, seven points. Yeah. And I was like, ah, man, that's kind of. And then they hit the two pointer. I was like, oh, this is still within reach. Right. And like, that's I love that. Like, and then I've watched. I think the last time, like last year or two years ago, like it was on at your at your parents' yeah. place or whatever when I was over there with uh, with Allie and kind of watched a little bit. And like I don't, I don't understand a lot of the nuances of lacrosse, but it is enjoyable to watch at times. Yeah, uh, it's fast paced. Yeah, you and know, like even college lacrosse is on all the time at your house. Yeah, and you know, I, I I enjoy catching it from time to time. You know, the one day we were having a little bit of a bonfire out back, and then like your dad kind of disappeared, and like I went inside, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" And he goes, "Lacrosse is on." He goes. Notre Dame's in a one goal game. I'm like, oh, let's go. <laughs> one goal game. I'm in. Two minutes. Oh, two minutes left. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, uh, real quick. Speaking of scraps, uh, AJ Epinesa and uh, yeah. John Feliciano tossing hands. Uh, the the play that I read was a AJ Epinesa interception of Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Ran it back for a touchdown. Uh, Feliciano chased him down and tackled him in the yeah. end zone. And Epinesa threw the ball in mongo's face and they threw hands yeah, yeah. i mean that, that these things happen um, listen i listen i love hearing stuff like that because a they've squashed it since like it was listen, well, I it, mean, was yeah. the, it was heat of the moment it was look i mean I, it's I, hot we're working hard and it's a competitive atmosphere I, anybody who's played a team sport especially like football or any sort of contact thing understands like practice is still competition right you're still competing and you will be my best friend off the field right especially if we're teammates but when we're in practice, I'm working to get better, and that means that you are my enemy at that moment. Yeah. So you are going to you're going to feel it. Well, and that's <laughs> and, that, and and that's a testament to the competitive atmosphere, right? And I love the that. environment they're living Absolutely in. Absolutely like love that. You know, uh, I, we've talked about it on the show in the past. You know, the the environment that McDermott and the boys harbor over there, especially during OTAs and training camp, yeah. is get better. It's it, work. It, it's, it's fire. It's yeah. an absolute like pressure cooker because like to the point that they do like different events that you would expect like long time guys veterans team leaders be like okay i'm not doing this work. like yeah. i'm not doing this th- this competition where dudes are puking off to the side and getting back on a on a peloton to pedal more yeah 
And those dudes aren't opting out. They're doing it because they want to win. Right. And say, they're we buying got in, this. Like, they're buying I, in. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of buying in, uh, we want to thank everybody so far that's bought in and voted on our greatest fictional athlete polling. Stop um, the vote. We are not stopping the vote. We are gonna we are gonna keep moving forward. So uh, we've just about got the results in for last round, and it's it's been interesting. Uh, some ones that were tighter than I expected. Some ones that were a little bit more of a blowout than I thought they would be. Um, let me see if I have that here somewhere. Hold on a second. There we go. Come on, computer. Boot it up. Fire it up. It's not booting up. Give me a second. For the last round? Yeah. There we go. Uh, so uh, going, we talked about it last week. Julie the Cat beat Doug the Thug. The Water Boy beat Happy Gilmore. Reggie Dunlap barely edging out Pablo. And, I can't uh, believe that one. Benny the Jet put Shane Falco back on the job hunt. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, in, in, in Falco's defense, I mean, Benny the Jet, dude. Guy's a legend. So far, with the uh, with admittedly the largest polling to be tallied, still uh, Billy Bob is leading Steam and Willie Beeman. Somehow, Chaz Michael Michael is leading John Beebe for Mystery Alaska. Are you kidding me? Somehow, listen, that man is fire on skates. He's a sex icon. He grew up on the streets of Detroit, it, skating in the sewers. It annoys the ever-loving hell Let out of me. Let me put my poems in Mystery you. Alaska doesn't get the love it deserves as not only a sports movie, but just as a movie as in, in, in general. It's great, and nobody like like you talk to me like I've never seen it. You ever seen it? Nope. See, exactly. You don't even know who John Beebe is. Doesn't no matter. Idea. I know who Chaz Michael Michaels is, and he's an absolute electric factory on the ice. Uh, currently. Rocky Balboa is unsurprisingly running away from Danny Bateman. Yeah, um, I'm actually yeah, I'm actually a little surprised with the amount of votes that Bateman even got on a couple of these. People people got their favorites. You know? Yeah, uh, inst- he was a he was a decent favorite on Instagram. Uh, I found hmm. interesting. And then Instagram's uh, a weird place. It's a pretty tight contest right now between Dottie Hinson of A League of Their Own and Ronnie Bass. Yeah, that is a good matchup. It's a great matchup. This, the like, problem this, is that like Dottie Dottie is is an all around ball player. Yeah, oh God, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, she, like, she, like, like you talk in baseball. What is it? The five, uh, five the f- tools, five tool player, or whatever. Yeah, yeah she's five tool player. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean, well, te- probably four. Te- technically six. I mean, when uh, when Mister Dugan was passed out drunk in the dugout, who was running the squad? That's fair. It was Dottie. Yeah, Dottie. Dottie. Dottie stepped up. Yeah. That's the leadership. Yeah. Love it. So uh, go, going forward, we'll uh, we'll post the winners of that in an updated bracket uh, probably after we get done with the first round. Uh, Henry Rowengardner of Rookie of the Year against Johnny Lawrence of Karate Kid and Cobra Kai fame. Who you got, buddy? Um, so would you like me to answer this as who is the better athlete? Like, I want to know, if, if you were casting a vote right now, who is your vote going for? If why? I'm casting my vote right now, I'm going Rowengardner. State your case. My case with him is he's a child. Yeah. So, one, to have the rotational pitching he has at that age, incredible, you know. And, okay. and, and the control, and he's only going to get better, right? You know, he's going to be in the league for for probably three decades, uh, so he's only going to hone his craft. And not only that, he has some pop off the bat. You know, I didn't think he had it in him, but he's got a little pop off the bat. And again, as he gets bigger and stronger and fills into his body, I mean, he's going to torch this league for decades. So, 
I go with Johnny Lawrence here for a few reasons. One, uh, Rowan Gardner had a one-year career as a child solely due to a freak accident that gave him freakish ability in a way that... Exactly. Unbelievable athlete. But by the end of the movie, it was gone. He couldn't throw like that anymore. He had to go to mom's underhand slow-pitch softball BS. It doesn't matter. It does matter. he's, He's an absolute unit. Johnny Lawrence was a, I believe, at least one, if not two-time, Tri-Valley Karate Champion. Correct. Who, after losing to the cheating, conniving, <laughs> scummy Danny LaRussa, who did not even make this Goddamn list. Jersey fuck. This dude comes out, has a hard life. After getting abandoned by his a-hole of a karate teacher and everything else, turns his life around and still... Pulling himself out of a drunken stupor can still kick ass. Listen, Johnny Lawrence is a better story. Johnny Lawrence is a better athlete. Johnny Lawrence is a better story. He went through probably more hardships. Not probably. He went through more hardships than than old Rowan Gardner. But, uh, but I mean, in terms of a natural athlete, I, I got to give it to uh, to Rowan Gardner there. No, Johnny Lawrence takes this all day, every day. Well, we'll and see what the people say. We'll see what the people say. Uh, next matchup we're going to is this is tough. Mr. Adam Banks, the cake eater himself of Mighty Ducks, all three movies fame, and Mr. Blue Mountain State, yeah. Fat Castle. So Adam Banks started with the Hawks. They realized that he lived on the wrong side of the district line, ended up joining the Ducks, was easily the best player on the team, having come from being the best player on the other team, and missed. I mean, he ended up missing part of the uh, the tournament in D two, but came back in in the biggest games, and then he won gold. He won gold. He won gold, and then he was the only player called up to the varsity ranks as in a freshman. D3 as a freshman, and then chose to go down to be with the boys. Well, and, I mean, yeah, he's he's you know he's a, he's a good teammate. Um, Thad Castle wakes up and pisses Blue Mountain State excellence. So I mean, Thad Castle won. It's it's unconfirmed whether it gives him an advantage, but he is on rabies. Um, it's one of the best episodes. The other thing. The, <laughs> the other, yeah, I thought they were steroids. Those are my rabies. Those are my rabies. What do you mean they're your rabies? Uh, the other thing about that castle that we can't forget is Beaver Free go top free, go top three. You know he was he was a top three pick in the NFL draft as a linebacker. Yeah, that's that's no small feat. And and not to mention Beaver Free for a whole season to go top three. Wow, commitment. Yeah, yeah commitment. That, is, that is definitely commitment all-time leader, an all-time leader at Blue Mountain State, multi-time multinational champion. Uh, not to mention the the unconfirmed national championship on the cornfield. And another great episode. If you I mean, haven't seen Blue Mountain State, you need to watch I it. I mean, it's not great. not to mention is he a freak athlete just because he's massive, but he's got great ball skills. He can go up and get the ball, take the ball away inside the tackles. I mean, the guy's everything you want in a linebacker. Not yeah. to mention, like I said, on rabies. Right. So uh I go Thad here. Yeah, I go Thad here and too. And it's 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 Banks has more natural talent in the game, but in terms of athleticism, I mean Thad Castle is just Banks is also the like through the entire thing a crybaby, injury prone. Like Thad Castle is just a just a unit. He's just a unit. Just a unit. Thad Castle doesn't miss a game. Uh, next round or the next matchup, Air Bud of technically basketball fame of basketball fame, but we are including the fact that he made 
play in multiple other sports as well. Okay, so he is a multi-sport athlete. He's a multi-sport athlete in this, yes. Okay. He made it under the guise of basketball, being the OG. Right. He yeah. wouldn't be called Air Bud if it right. wasn't for Not the to mention his movie. kids were freak athletes, too. But right. We don't have to get into that. Right. Against Roy McAvoy of yeah. Tin Cup. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but it's got to be Air Bud. He's got four legs. I mean, pure athletic. He's got to be faster than he's McAvoy, faster. Right? He's more agile. He's got better side to side movement. You know, got he a can sweet he jump can, shot. He though can he, get though up. he needs help with his jumper. That is true, but he can get up. Yeah, you know, he can go. He can he can hit the backboard if his shot's not going down. Right. So, um, he's also a golden receiver. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the name. Look, of he's a great deep threat. You know, big time. Yeah, but again, and, but but the ball needs to be deflated, right? Well, just a little bit. Tom know? Brady would love him. Tom Brady would be Tom a Brady big fan him. of Air Bud. Tom Brady you thought he is. liked Gronk. Oh boy, if you saw him with Air Bud, oh buddy, I tell you, and he, he doesn't even have to worry about him doing something stupid at a party. Just and he him. certainly doesn't have to worry about his backup tight end killing people, right? And then just you know, give him some treats and some belly rubs, and he's happy as a clam. Doesn't even need a big contract. Imagine if he needed a belly rub every time he scored. Otherwise, he wouldn't get back on defense. Are are we saying that Gronk doesn't need a belly rub every time he scores? Gronk probably does need a belly rub. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I don't know that he would ever actually. He needs a warm cup of milk and a nap every defensive (laughs) possession. I don't know that he would ever actually hear this being from this area, but you know, like I hope he I hope if he does, he laughs at that because that's just funny. Um I got to take Air Bud here, too. I mean, he's a dog. And McAvoy's a golfer. There's nothing against McAvoy. McAvoy was a beast. Yeah, but he's a golfer. But Air Bud, come on. Airbud all day. An icon. And then oh, coming in with a this is absolute haymaker. I can't believe the the the, 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 the committee no, no, the committee was tough. You know, I don't know what their criteria was for seeding this. The committee they, was, they need to have uh, a better overview next time because this is a first round matchup that should probably be an elite eight. Well, the problem is the ranking system for something like this would be so incredibly complicated and annoying that we just did a randomizer. So the committee was literally a computer program that just put them in random order. That so, was the entire joke. Thank you for explaining. You're that. welcome. Some listen. Some people don't know. Like they might think we actually sat around and debated where to put these. Which people. I I want to go on record you as I was to. in for that. Yes. Uh, this is much better that we sit here on every episode and I get to talk about them all because I didn't get to pick any of them, uh, and then you guys get to weigh in as you come on the show. So. Uh, Peter LaFleur, the leader of Average Joe's, the dodgeball team, the ultimate underdog. The ultimate underdog. A true underdog story, some may say. Against Wild Thing Rick Vaughn. Ricky Vaughn, if you will. Mm -hmm. Played a year in the California Penal League. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, who didn't in the 70s? Never heard of it. Uh, Named, had one pitch. It was a fastball. He named it the Terminator. Basically said, you can't hit it. On multiple occasions, if you get a piece of it, I'll let you rename it. My man was Gone. an animal. He was. An animal. Then he had a little like existential crisis about, you know, like he was he was pumping 101 when 101 was ungodly. Ungodly. Yeah. Nobody like, was throwing Nobody was hitting the triple digits. Like, you get that one dude that was like 99.8, and you're like, oh, my God. My man pumped 101 past one of the best hitters in baseball to move on and then he comes back the next year and he's like 92 to 95 and worried about his image and his career and his longevity and then he comes back at the end and oh my god it's him wild thing wild thing ricky vaughn i hate that effing song 
What a great movie. What yeah. a great set of movies. Yeah. Oh, God. That was seriously one of the best sequel movies, too. It's rare that a sequel holds up. Right, exactly. It's That's what I was going to say. It's more rare that a sequel To a sports pushes, movie. Like, oh, God. You know, I mean, like... Like, you, D, D2 pushes D1. Eh, D3 is better than D2. See, I think D2 is better. We'll have the conversation another time. This will be that, That'll be a midsummer conversation when we're running out of things to talk about. Okay. Um, I mean... I'm, but Major League Two definitely pushes... Major League One for for which is better. Um, dodgeball is just a classic. A classic. Yeah, it's so a classic. this is tough. And, you know, I mean, LaFleur did almost take a buyout. Then he turned it into money. And I mean, I'll say this about LaFleur because I'm, I'm speaking strictly from athletics here. Vaughn, great pitcher in terms of one pitch, but he doesn't have doesn't have change, doesn't have any movement. You know, so I mean, he is a one-trick in, pony. In D two, he does, and it was uh, with the Terminator, the Eliminator, and the I don't remember. He didn't throw it enough. Okay, enough exactly, remember, but, exactly. Doesn't, uh, doesn't throw one, it enough. One of one of them got got renamed the Sea Later, regardless, because that was funny. Regardless, but. my boy Vaughn, although an animal, uh, he's very much Eraldis Chapman. Um, and Peter Lafleur, I mean, listen. Not to mention the leadership that Vaughn doesn't have. He's like six foot five, so he's a freak of a man. Runs a gym, you know. So he's in shape, whether it's perfect shape or not. That's rounded, neither here nor there. Is still a shape, right? He's he's in shape. And although dodgeball may not uh, need as much athleticism all around as baseball, I don't see Vaughn picking up the bat for the Indians in the uh, American League. And Lafleur has to dodge and throw. And catch, uh, and I'll be so. I shared a graphic with Nick over here to so so he knew who we were talking about, and the picture I chose was Lafleur in his nice shiny silky mm-hmm. average, average Joe's, Joe's jersey. jersey. One of the ones I could have show I could have chosen was actually him doing a crossover style shortstop throw. Yeah, uh, running away like running and throwing back across right. his body. His hips, field. his hips were open. Yeah, and I mean, you like the styration in his arm, and just you could just see like Lafleur's an animal. He, he is, he is, and I, and, and I the like size, Vaughn. The size alone, I oh, think, gives him. Yeah, I big gives dude it over Vaughn. Yeah, and you know what? I agree with that. So uh, I think I didn't think I would take Lafleur here, but I think I'm taking Lafleur here. Yeah, I'm taking Lafleur. So. Uh, You've now heard our arguments for it, um, you know. So you can take that as you will. You can base that on your votes or not or whatever. But check it us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the Sports Host app. The link for which you can click on down below in the uh, summary and information about the podcast down there. And uh, that's where you can you can go on that one. You have to go to the Network Sports Talk Show page, which includes all the cool Network Sports Talk shows on the network and. Uh, I post the polls there as well, just for those amazing people who have, you know, welcomed me in. And I know that the, you're kind of wrapping up here. But I'm like, actually not. I'm just wrapping oh, okay. up the, the movie side of it. What else you got, buddy? Uh, well, Sabres got the first overall pick. Oh, they did. We kind of touched on it a little bit last week. But uh, uh, Austin said something to the effect of, you know, having it on a year that, like, there's really not a ton in the world of scouting recruitment and stuff correct Uh, next year would be better to have it because there's two uh they're they're saying it's very similar to the mcdavid eichel uh shane wright and this russian kid i forget his name but the russian kid's got three extra years on his contract um so he wouldn't be coming over to the states for a while anyway right regardless this year i mean 
Yeah, there's not a ton of talent, and I've said that it's kind of like the Nico Hiche one, Nolan Patrick two draft, where it's like, yeah, you get a guy who can play, but like, what's his ceiling? Um, that being said, for the Sabers, I mean, we still hold all the cards with Jack Eichel, so there's a very good chance that he can still come back. Reinhardt is still a restricted free agent, so we can get draft picks out of him at minimum, but we'd obviously like to have him back. So adding a guy who might not have the biggest ceiling but can contribute immediately in some meaningful way, not the worst thing in the world. And I'm looking at, I know Owen Power is supposed to be the consensus first overall pick out of uh, Michigan University, but eh, is my thought. I, I, I know Luke Hughes, the third Hughes brother, he's not as puck-skilled as Quinn defensively, but he's much bigger than Quinn Hughes, who's like 5'8 on a good day. Right. Um, he piques my interest. There's not really any forwards. Like last year, I would have liked like a Quentin Byfield big center power forward. There's nothing like that um, really at the top of the draft. I wouldn't mind seeing us trade the pick. That was uh, that was definitely our stat man Austin's take. Was you know this would be something that you could kind of get more value by getting rid of the pick than potentially but can taking you, the pick because everybody knows that it's it's a crapshoot this year. And does the number one overall pick have more value than the fifth? Right, and I think that's uh, I really think that's one of the things that is tough about. And I think this is the like obviously we talked about it a little bit with the NFL draft. This is one of the first times you're going to see like how hard and heavy this hits because you know this really. You know, this like hockey, especially like we'll call it prep hockey, maybe like the like the level of hockey prior to getting drafted to the NHL. Yeah, I mean, there's has taken it's juniors. uh, Yeah, and like it's taken the hardest of hits. Yeah, so far of what we've seen. Well, I mean, the OHL didn't even play this year, right? So, I mean, this this is a whole year of like we don't really know what these guys are capable of because well, I mean, that seen them. There was there was a decent influx of Canadians to the NCAA prior like just prior to covid so those guys who got out like owen power is a canadian he would most likely have been playing in the ohl but um signed with michigan in the ncaa he decided to go like cal mccarr who's tearing it up for colorado he went to umass instead of playing juniors even though he's canadian so he got lucky that he actually had a season you know what i mean right and that's why he's getting talked about as going first overall because he got to play people got to see him play and not to mention the NCAA, like, I mean, all those games are readily available to if you want a video scout, you know? Right. I think it's just interesting, you know, just, just the way it's going to affect overall for, yeah. I mean, really the next two, even mm, three years. Something. Probably, like, like, the rundown effect from this, it's going to be probably about a decade for all these sports. Well, I mean, especially when you start talking about the college ranks. Like, right. like well, all I mean, these kids getting an extra yeah. year, it's just going to back up. The high school up. kids who get in, and then all of a sudden you got five to seven years of of kids on a college team instead of the normal you know like five year right gap but like the, like that five year run now i mean there's guys i mean there's a kid that uh that played for me last year that ended up going to a d1 school and be, like because he ended up redshirting this year because they basically said we're not going to waste a year of your eligibility yeah. on a year that we don't even know if we're going to play the whole season right so well, uh, I, it's, it's I know, weird, man. Like all these kids going into these rosters, and all of a sudden, like a guy that wouldn't be there next year 
will still be because he got an extra year of right. eligibility well, because I, of COVID. Like, I was going to say this because this this transpires through other sports too, but just this is the one I'm very familiar with is the college lacrosse scene this year. One grad transfers all over the place because everybody had an extra year of eligibility. Like there was one dude from Rutgers who transferred, but it was his eighth year of eligibility in the NCAA. So the dude was 29 and playing like against 18 year olds. You know what I mean? It right. was crazy, and that that transpired throughout the in like football too grad transfers you got an extra year of eligibility you don't like that you're not starting on your spot let's go okay well, i'm gonna go not start for alabama and try to get a ring you know what i mean right. shit like that yeah, so for sure that's so, all i got on that yeah it's it, it's it's definitely gonna be an interesting but uh, but yeah the backup run. the backup clock it's causing is gonna be it's gonna be at least five years i'm thinking more like a decade well and the the thing that is like there's gonna be guys that don't get a shot that maybe would have made it and there's gonna be other guys uh, that didn't do, like... I mean, how often do we talk about, especially in football, that, like, the more film a guy gets out, the better? And that was a big thing this year with the football season is is a lot of guys lost out on, on film and reps. And NFL teams don't like taking chances on guys who don't have film or reps. Right. <laughs> like, that's just a... Like, they'll rather have a big guy who is not technically sound, but he played a ton. They'll, they'll be like, ah, oh, we can fix him, versus... Maybe a smaller guy who played at a smaller school, but is scrappy as hell, really good technique, but they just didn't see him play enough, so they're right. like, well, I'll take the big guy and try to mold him. Well, and the other, the other part of it is, too, is now you're going to see in these next three or four years, like, the cream really rise to the top. Oh, that's, yeah. what, that's what I was going to try to say before Sorry. I lost my train of thought. No, I I started stumbling over my, my words, but... Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's what you're gonna see. You're because you're, you're gonna see it's gonna be more competitive. Yeah, it's gonna be like oh, instead of holding on to that guy who maybe's a, like not a great player but a solid locker room guy versus a kid who's real like who's kid who's got some right. talent. Like all right, who's better and who can help my team? Right. Like what do you, and what do you value more? You know, you're gonna start really seeing that cream rise to the top, and you, I, I it's gonna be tough for three or four years. But in in three or four years, I think you may see a level of athlete come out that is. Yeah, like top that, notch. that like holy crap, that dude can friggin' play. Yeah, because you have to. Yeah, you know, you, there's it's just higher competition constantly. Yeah, and the, I mean the transfer portal is going to go nuts, right? You know, it already it, is. it already is, and yeah. it's going to just keep. And getting, I mean, honestly, it was going nuts before COVID. Right but now that everybody had that extra year, I mean, and like that's the other thing is the freshman got the extra year of eligibility too, so you could get your four year degree, have an extra year, and be like, ah. I'm going to go transfer somewhere and play big. You know what right. I mean? Like, so they literally, like we said, I mean, that's four years down the road that that guy would transfer. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and I mean, just, just looking at opportunities that have come out for guys like, well, uh, a bunch of years back, UB lost their baseball program. Mm, yeah. And there were guys that were going into their fifth year, had another year of eligibility. One went to Purdue when uh, yeah. one went to Sam Houston state university. Like those dudes went to big schools for that last year. And yeah. like, and a lot of them got seen by playing against those schools in non Non league like, games. Non league games. Yeah. Like so that, that was, was also criminal that they that they It still is to this day. I that, know. that that field is actually demolished now. They're really? UB's home field, which was being used by Duville this year, is now gone. Is Duville making their own uh I am not sure what the idea or what they're going to do, but there's some there is some rumor potentially of and I don't want to spread false information. Somebody told me at some point that there's talk of a a nice complex for them downtown, similar to what like Madai has done. Yeah, I could be wrong. Well, I, could, I, know, I could have misheard that, but we'll see. Well, like Narden. Now, granted, that's like middle school connected to Nichols, but they they put in a new turf facility, you know, off of Elmwood and uh, Hurdle. Yeah, but like that's there's space down there with the old warehouse kind of things where you could knock like like a private school like that can easily purchase the land knock it down and 
yeah build something and especially now that duville's d2 like right you know you definitely want to want a nice place to call home but uh anything else for the good of the order here no just go bills yeah go bills uh looking forward to more and more news coming out of camp uh saw saw a nice you know a couple nice images of josh with the tinted visor looks like just looks like a bad man. Looks like a world beater. Actually, yeah. Before we go, can we mention Brian Dable being an absolute G with his comment oh, on the God. run game? Absolutely. Because all of you, all all the Bills fans, and I know that there's probably about like half a million of you who are like, we need to run the ball more. We need running backs. We blah, 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 blah. Well, Brian Dable disagrees with you, and I'm going to trust that guy. Yeah. I, I, like, be more efficient when we need it. Like, be better when we need to do it. Right. Yes. Yes, I agree. Thank you. You don't. It's like he said. Balance is good when you're winning. It's not good if if you run the ball fifty percent of the time and throw the ball fifty percent of the time and you're losing games. How is that? How is that helping your team? Right. And if you're losing, you're probably not going to try to run the ball more. And so if that's that's my strength, like okay, but yeah, uh, good, exactly. Good, good luck playing catch up, it's, Baltimore. Listen, man, Bills fans, we got blessed with really good running backs during the drought but also understand that because we had such good running backs and built our offense around the running backs, that is why we had the drought. Right. Let's let's not underappreciate our franchise quarterback after we finally got him. Let the man sling the rock. Yeah, and then I saw a video earlier today of a deep digs to Allen, like 50-plus oh, yard ball. Beautiful. It looked pretty. It hit him in stride, a step into the end zone, and I went, oh, I've missed watching that. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy, can I not wait to be back in my seats. That's going to be electric. Last, uh, last, last topic here. Now that I thought of it, me and Austin last week talked about a the idea of building a new stadium and the potential. Like, I, I believe if we build new, it's going to be a dome. Uh, if and mostly because Josh wants one. So if my franchise guy wants a dome, yeah, let's get one. The league is going to a passing league. the The snow games are fun. They're a good time. They're fun to be a part of. The snowball was absolutely. We see we use the term too much on the show, but it was absolutely electric to be there. Uh, but. I wouldn't mind seeing a dome. I just don't. I don't want it not in Orchard Park. I like where the stadium is. I. I mean, the stadium's not in a bad spot. I wouldn't mind a dome, but it also creates the issue of when you have to go to Pittsburgh or New England, and it's like, it's a little thing of when whenever Miami comes here in December, they suck because they're playing in Florida and then they have to come here. Like it, it is a home field advantage. It really is. And I understand that Josh wants the dome and all that, and it would definitely help in terms of if we got home playoff games, we could rip it up with him chucking the ball over the yard in no weather. But, I mean, I don't know. That Ravens game, despite the weather, went pretty well. <laughs> right. Yeah. I I will say this about stadium location. I know that they just knocked down the, the Tonawanda Coca-Cola thing. And the more I, the more I think about it, the more kind of splitting – the city of Buffalo and the city of Niagara Falls might be the move. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And there's like my, one of my biggest issues is like, I don't want to stay down there. I mean, that's but, gonna like, like, but so, Canadians getting over the border, that would be like, that helps with, with selling tickets too. But also just people from the, like Niagara Falls to OP is a tough ride. There's no good way to get down there. Yeah, I mean, that's... And that's, I mean, obviously, that's Bill's country. Yeah, I mean, you're at that point, you're getting on the one. Like, it's nice for us because we, we live in Lancaster. I mean, we go down five. we go down transit to Southwestern, and we're there. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I like, my whole thing was moving it, moving it downtown. To yeah, downtown I don't know about downtown, like, but I, I think there's there's definitely, like, land. Um, obviously, there's land in Tonawanda that they just cleared that, but also just kind of the Kenmore area there where they're repurposing all these warehouses for, for, 
commercial stuff. Right. I mean, you knock out a block of that. Yeah, I, I just if you, if it's not going to be Orchard Park, I want somewhere similar where there's just ranging acreage to do things I would, that Buffalo Bills fans. Yeah, like to I would. Do. I would like to have a still a tailgate seat, but I also don't think it would be awful for there to be a small tailgate scene around the stadium. And then like, like honestly, the thing about just there's, there's so much opportunity in Buffalo for like a strip of bar kind of bar crawl to the stadium thing. Right. But at the same token, like when, when I think about going and tailgating, like, and, I, and we're in our, no, we're, I, I, I get that. Our grass and lot, and like, there, there, there is, there is that. But and, also if you get a mix of that with, I mean, you're bringing in money for the community at that I mean, point, there's, you know, there's a, a stretch of bars right down Abbott. That you could was, do the same thing. Like I mean, it, it already. Also, ex- I'm also cool with that. Yeah, it, I mean, it are, it already exists. Like between kettles, uh, I think I believe it's called Prohibition. O'Neill's is right across the street. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's, the there's way, little Danny spots. South is down there. I'm like, saying where obviously where it's more densely populated. There's right. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I. I lost my microphone. It's all right. I mean, I I understand what you're saying. It's there. We go. I'm back. The stadium is in a good spot, especially like traffic wise. It's really not the worst. Like Foxborough is awful. If you've ever been to that stadium, I mean, you ever you ever tried to be like in a hurry to get out of a Sabres game? It sucks. No, I mean, I usually I, 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 I listen. I, I know there's one place I park when I go down there, and it's because I know I can get out quick. It is a longer walk, but I get out quick. Yeah, I mean, I park on the other side of the casino. I park near the casino. Yeah, and like like near the like the far back exit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like right. it's a longer I, I, walk, but as soon uh, as I get it, out, the, I get out. The Perry Projects or whatever, like park right down on one of those side streets. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's never gone wrong for me. Jinx, knock on wood. Yeah. Well, like I said, well, I guess we'll we'll see. Uh, the at least the lease on that land is still got a few years left. I believe twenty three is when it comes up again. But yeah. uh, we'll see. Obviously, you know things would need to be knocked down and moved around to go anywhere else. I mean, if anything, if there's one good thing that it will come from putting the stadium downtown is getting rid of the Skyway, most likely. Yeah, which now there's a big push uh, from a lot of local towns to that they the that they don't want to lose the Skyway. Which so is, I, that's whatever, so who stupid. knows? That's so stupid. But uh, that'll do it for us here uh, this week on Hats, Tats, and Stats. As always, you can catch us on the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com, hats-tats-stats. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcast audio juices flowing. Uh, check out all the other fantastic podcasts on the network. And as always... We'll see you guys next time. Go Bills. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality, fully custom supplemented uniforms and apparel that will have you looking great on and off the field. Get your custom-made pro-quality gear today at stingerwoodbats.com and put that S on your chest. Use promo code TIP of the CAP, all one word, for 10% off your order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. Hi. young Andrew Lenz. It's me, Andrew Lenz from the future, telling you that your dream is going to come true. What? No way! Yeah, you're going to have an awesome podcast called Let's Talk But No Politics, okay? And new episodes come out every Sunday on... P.I.C.P.